Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become the beacon of light for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Devine Show. Hoo-yah. Today's episode brought to you by J.B. Weld. Available, by the way, at jbweld.com. Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And proudly made in the USA. All right, Matt, what are we talking about in this show? Well, we're going to go through some of Ray Everham's car collection. He's got a handful of cars coming up for sale. No reserve at Meekum. Indy uh, cars with uh, Mario and Really, really history. cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of what's going on with, uh, with the Ford GT incident in Florida. And first, there's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a chair. Get a mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling friends. CarCast, Matt and Pearl. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea over there. What do we got going today, man? Uh, some interesting, uh, some interesting stuff. I guess we're starting to see some more uh, press events happening. Some cars are getting closer to the release date, mm-hmm. so I think in the next week or two, you're going to start getting driving impressions of cars. Embargoes lifted. Uh, two in particular: the new Z and mm-hmm. the Ford Lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, these weren't. Um, press cars, like we get the loaners and drive them for a while. These are like the events, like people fly out to Texas and they spend a day with Ford or Las Vegas and spend a day with, with Nissan. 
And they've got a bunch of cars there. And you test it out on the track and on the street and whatever. So I think over the next week or so, we're going to start getting a lot of interesting data on the Lightning and the Z. And uh, although I uh, had to travel for other work, um, I wasn't able to go to those events. But friends that I've been reaching out to saying both cars uh, are are good. They're very excited about both cars. And it turns out the Z, as we knew, was Still somewhat based off of the 370Z, mm-hmm. but now they're figuring out it's really not that much 370Z under it. And it's going to have the 400 horsepower uh, twin turbo is it a manual. Four, is it a 4 liter or is it like a 3.5 or 3.7 or did, did they bump that displacement up? So they took it out of the name. So it's the engine that's in the Infiniti Q60... Like four, four, red, four, red. I'm going to say probably four liter mm-hmm. twin turbo V6, 400 horsepower. Maybe it's maybe it's 3.5. That's a good question. Well, we'll have to look it up. But manual and automatic transmission options in it, which is kind of interesting. So as that press is coming around, the Toyota Supra said, "Hey, we we." figured it out. We're going to do a manual transmission in the Toyota Supra now, which wasn't available with the V6 and the higher horsepower engine, right? Mm Because it it was a carryover, a lot of that transmission from BMW. And then Toyota said, I don't know what BMW is going to do, but we're going to do a manual transmission. And uh, maybe... Because it's funny, you and I were just at an event, and you're like, the Supra's starting to grow on me. You're like, it's... it's Yeah. You know, it's like it's starting to to kind of grow on me. Well, you know, I think the car... You know, aesthetically, it's it's kind of like a a woman. It's kind of like you look at it and you go, "Do I like it? Do I not like it?" And you go, "I kind of like it," and then you find out that it's got a manual and uh, an engine that's got some displacement and some output and some horsepower and blah blah blah. And then you go, "I think I like it more." Yeah. Uh, versus, and it's like a woman. You got the one woman, and uh, you know, you you kind of like her. She kind of looks pretty, but then. You find out she's a chain smoker and she hates the Jews. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, eh, I don't like her as much. So you can kind of move around a little. And the Supra is, uh, it is growing on me. But part of that growth is when they start upping their performance as well. And it is interesting that everyone has just figured out like, you know, bell bottom jeans or hip huggers or guys wearing mm-hmm. skinny ties. It's just it's just coming back to the manual. But I I do think they've figured out what's going on on Bring a Trailer. And you know, like when you look at cars on Bring a Trailer, like you take a look at like my DB9, you know, or DBS Aston Martin. You know, the ones that are getting the money, it's always six-speed, six-speed manual, right. six-speed manual. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I'll, I'll give you probably even Any better. Any modern Ferrari. Better example, 550 <laughs> Ferrari, yeah. you know, 555, 75. That thing's got a six-speed. It just goes up 10, 15, 20%, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe more. So I think people are starting to kind of understand that. They're also kind of understanding this is not an everyday driver. I'm not going to be sitting in traffic in this car. I'm going to get it. And so I think the edict now with these kinds of cars that could be considered sort of investment cars, which is get them optioned out, get the six speed, keep the mileage down on them. And, 
you know, when the old lady's complaining that I'm spending X amount on a car, I'll go, I get the six speed, I get it optioned out and look on, bring a trailer. You know, when the kids are ready to go to college, we'll be able to turn a sweet profit on this thing. So the new Z, because I misspoke, I knew it was a round number and I was trying to figure out why it was just called the Z. It's a three liter. Mm. And we were saying, oh, they were doing engine size, right? And then they're like, oh, they could call it a 400Z, not on engine size, but based on horsepower. Right. So just for the lesson for everyone, you know, started with the 240, 2.4, then 260, 2.6, 280, blah, blah, blah. 300ZX, three liter, you know, and just they just went up from there. So it's always been based on displacement. Yeah. So and now just be calling calling it the Z because also if you think if they were going to call it the four hundred Z based on the horsepower rating, then they're like well then what do you do because there's probably going to be some hotter version or a Nismo and what are they going to do call it the four fifty the mm-hmm. four sixty five or the four twenty one or you know so just Z so it's just Z so three liter uh, twin turbo uh, you know it's uh, if. Dual overhead cam, 400 horsepower, 350 pound-feet of torque. Um, I don't know the full specs on it. I guess we'll get some of that when everybody comes back I wonder back what from the, the sticker is on that car. Um, yeah, so that's a good question. I don't remember what it was going to come in. And, well, I'll buy, and, uh, you, I'll buy you a little time. I think it's going to be in the 40s. Um, I'm also looking down here that there was a Ford GT crash. I didn't hear yeah, about yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> new Ford GT? It's new-ish. So, um, yeah. All right. So this is what happened there. Guy goes to uh, Barrett-Jackson, Palm Beach, mm-hmm. picks up a 2006 mm-hmm. Ford GT Gulf Livery Heritage Edition. So if you're going to pick that up at an auction, it's going to be five seventy five, six twenty five, up. Wow, uh, seven twenty five, seven hundred and four thousand. Wow, seven oh four. Wow, brought it home. Well, that Gulf liveries added. Well, I guess you know what I'm. I'm kind of stupid because. When uh, you're supposed to argue with me, uh, I'm kind of stupid. Because <laughs> I mean, no, no, don't. When the, short. When, well, here's what here's what I just did. When the four GTs were going for two fifty, the Heritage ones were going for three twenty five or three fifty. You know what I mean? So they added a hundred grand, maybe seventy five grand, but they didn't add a hundred grand or seventy five grand. They added a percentage. Right. So right. now that the four GTs are 400. 400, maybe yeah. 425, yeah. 450. I can't just add 100. I have to add a percentage. That's right, yeah. Which is now, which is 20, 25% or whatever it is. So that's where you get to 700. And and it seems like these really made a move in the past couple of years. I think it was interesting because people thought they were going to move when the new Ford GT came out. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until the until – the restriction lifted, and people were allowed to sell the new Ford GT at auction, and everything was getting a million bucks. Yeah, it's also a fickle market in that you know everyone has a Shelby, a Hertz Rent a Racer, a Cobra, or whatever, and Carol Shelby dies, and you go, okay, well now the artist of the paintings died. This thing's really going to pop, and nothing happens. Yeah, it's just just nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, even 
after Newman died. I was able to buy Newman cars at a reasonable price. Like it was just it didn't happen. You know, it takes a little while sometimes. Well, in this case, it took the movie Ford v Ferrari yeah. to come out, and then that came out, and that's a full ten years after Shelby's dead, or I don't know, could be thirteen years, could be nine years, or whatever it is. The point is, is that then bumps it or just time yeah you know after after shelby passes so it's like it's not always linear you know no you need brockheimer to make a movie about the cars right like Uh, like buy up all your cars and then just start lobbying jerry brockheimer to make a movie yeah see see what happens so so the guy buys this uh four gt um Mm -hmm. 700 plus 704,000. holds on to it for a little while i think the auction was in april Takes it out for uh, for a spin in his neighborhood. Hits a palm tree. Well, look, he's keeping it very Floridian. He uh, his the first reported excuse. You could see he wasn't going incredibly fast, right? The car is not torn in half. It didn't burst right. into fame flames. At seven hundred thousand dollar value, you're going to repair it. I mean, it's always going to have this black cloud above it. This kind of this gray kind of cloud above it, but. Hey, you're going to have to fix it. At first, he said he was unfamiliar with driving a manual transmission. Mm. And he said on the downshift, you know, it got a little squirrely. But Been there. So my my initial reaction was like, I feel bad for this guy. I feel bad for the car. Mm-hmm. But then more information starts coming out on the story. Oh, right? Boy. Is one, now he's saying... And it wasn't on the downshift. It was on the upshift. He said he was still going 35, 40 miles an hour. And depending on the crash, maybe that's true. But it's how quickly did he go from zero to 35 miles an hour, right? You can right. get a little squirrely and hit a tree. Mm-hmm. No car registration, no insurance, and suspended license he has already. Mm. So he absolutely should have known better. This is where arrogance trump's common sense right going i still kind of want to party with this guy (laughs) no this guy seems fun yeah i want to go to his car collection and make fun of him a little bit and have a drink but yeah uh but yeah he was and he didn't have his cell phone with him so he crashed the car and he left it and he had to like walk home and make a phone call (laughs) i like well maybe he didn't vibe to drink or two i don't know but sometimes when people leave but on the other hand didn't have a cell phone i i don't know if the cops were just feeling bad for him but they cited him for the uh for the suspended license i think but Mm -hmm. not necessarily for the no insurance now he claims the car is covered under an umbrella policy Mm -hmm. and um my thought on that is not being an insurance expert, but it seems unlikely it would be uncovered. It would be covered in an umbrella policy while he's driving the car. If it was stored in a location, yes. Mm-hmm. If it was being trailered, maybe to an event, possibly. But mm-hmm. when he's driving it, seems unlikely. Um, and. I, knowing some of the facts, I think the insurance company would make an argument and say, "But you had a suspended license. Why were you driving anyway?" Yeah, uh, you know, I just it, that's going to be a tough putt. This is going to be the insurance company. I don't know what they could fix that car for. Kind of depends on you know, is the frame bent? I don't even know if the car has a frame, but I mean, it has a front member and blah blah blah. 
I mean, I I think you're talking about it's fifty grand plus. I would, I yeah, would say. I, I mean, you know, he hit the front, engines in the back, uh, but you're probably looking at bodywork, some frame damage, front suspension, steering rack. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's kind of what popped <laughs> in my head. Yeah. So you're driving the Hennessy Velociraptor. I, I am. Um, I, I just. Uh, you probably saw it over there. I saw it over there when I was with Sean, who's a Dodge guy, and he yeah. poo-pooed it. Of course he did. <laughs> I told him I liked it. Yeah, it's big. It's orange. It's uh, So Hennessy put his spin on the truck. He took the uh, took the Raptor. He did a three-inch lift on it, did his bumpers, custom wheels. Uh, but what's interesting now, is— Now, did he take the V6 Raptor or the V8 Raptor? So the V8's not out yet. The Raptor R. That'll be another— No, but the know. first oh, Raptor is a V8. Yeah, and a, a while ago, I think he, he did those. This is the latest version. This so is he's, a 2022 he's breathing on the V6. On the V6. What is the—that dis- must be a decent displacement V6, I mean, for a truck. 3.5? That's it, huh? Yeah. Seems uh, seems interesting that um, they could get the torque out of that motor. For you know, they must have programmed the turbos or whatever. But it it seems interesting that they get enough torque out of a motor that, that that's that small a displacement. You know, yeah, three point five liter. It is four fifty horsepower. Um, I don't, I don't, torque's got to be lower than that. Yeah. I, uh, Matt yeah. Chris will look it up. So, what did he do to breathe on the on the three point five? Yeah. So this is a good question. So he was able to do an exhaust, an induction, a larger intercooler for the turbo, and a tune. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Keep the same turbos. There's no turbo upgrades. But uh, keep in mind, he's in. Texas, so that'd be ninety three octane, mm-hmm. and I'm sure his horsepower numbers are ninety three, a little less for ninety one. He gets five fifty eight. Stocks four fifty. He's getting five fifty eight. You know that's good for not having to open the motor or change the turbos or do any of that. You know what I mean? And six seventy two pound feet of torque. Wow, that's healthy. I wonder what yeah. the original pound foot of torque is on that thing. So it's cool. Um, what, now how does it work? You buy, you bring it to him and then you give him some cash. Yeah. So you bring him the donor vehicle and he turns it into a Velociraptor. It gets serial numbered. Um, it gets all installed and dyno tested and delivered back to you with the three year, 36,000 mile warranty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did a three inch lift in it overall. Um, it's got the 20 inch wheels. I believe this one has the 35 inch tires and, uh, you know, you you get in, you get them the package, and you get a Raptor that does zero to sixty in four point two seconds. And I think he ran twelve nineties. Wow, twelve nineties in the quarter mile. You know, but I did drive, uh, which I think Sean would be a fan of. I did drive his uh, Dodge TRX Mammoth, which is a thousand horsepower, mm. and uh, that one I think gets it into the. Mid three second range zero to sixty. It was really fast for a truck, and it just and it's just so big, and it's just even doesn't even feel like it's going that fast because you could just see it squat the back down and the weight it's moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the mammoth, I did notice that 
around town in the normal mode, it was quicker and you heard the exhaust, but it wasn't like snap your neck kind of quick. Mm-hmm. You have to turn it in sport mode, and that's the new tune that he does that really takes advantage of the full horsepower. So if you had the 93 octane in sport mode, it really kicks in. I'm guessing if he adds a little over 100, call it 108 horsepower um, on on the vehicle in Texas, you're probably somewhere around 80 extra horsepower uh, here in the, on the 91 on our junk. Uh, switching <laughs> gears, I'm reading here that uh, our friend Ray Abraham uh, is actually selling some of his cars from his car collection. He's the guy, he's a longtime NASCAR guy. It's yeah. a team. I don't know what. Crew chief. Crew chief, sorry. Yeah, NASCAR Hall of He does Fame. all those TV shows where they put the cars back together and blah, 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 blah. He's got Mario Andretti's championship Indy car from 65 and 66. I think that's kind of a it's kind of a good time for indie cars. I indie cars are coming on. Yeah. It it's kind of funny how the market works, you know. First it's street cars, you know, it's Ferrari 275s and Lusos and California Spiders and all that and Goldwings and whatever. And then at some point it gets down to road road racing cars and Le Mans and Daytona and all that kind of stuff. And then it then it then it gets a little murky for a while, and then it gets into weird Group C rally cars from the eighties, you know. And yeah. then, but in NASCAR, still lagging behind. I mean, it's it's crazy. But then it pops a little with some of the vintage dragsters and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty car. Some of the uh, some of the sixties seventies dragsters pop up a yeah. little bit. But Indy was always kind of lagging right and then indie kind of because you popped up you thought about like what do you do with the car when can you drive it when can you race it when does it qualify for vintage and then there's there enough indie cars in the vintage class to race it yeah it's just never really yeah you're you're right but as more people snap them up and as the value goes up then the classes will open up and there'll be more and more events that they're welcome to although i don't even honestly you know, a car like that where you have sort of the gas tank to your right and to your left and you sit in between the tin cans filled with gas and it's open wheel and there's no cage and blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't even know how, how much enthusiasm there is for taking those things out. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I, I think uh, Martin will do it. Martin Laurel will do it. Yeah, he'll do it. <laughs> so I just think it's more of a. Uh, uh, it's a piece. It's a it's a collector piece, and it's got Mario Andretti's name on and it. And it's back to back championship cars, sixty five and sixty six. And Andretti, we were surprised to find out the other day is like eighty four years old or something. Like he's not a young guy. He's been at it for a million years. Yeah, and I hope he goes another million years. But that that's an investment. I don't know what he thinks those cars get. I know winning at Indy is now something, yeah. right? As a question is, uh, Chris, if are there estimates on the Meekum site for any of his cars? I'd be curious to see what what's going to because it's coming up soon. May thirteenth through the twenty one is the auction. Twenty month, twenty first. I knew you knew what you meant. And uh, he's got a couple of uh, NASCAR racers up for sale. He's got a seventy two Monte Carlo, a seventy four Mercury Montego, a seventy four Dodge Charger. 2001 Dodge Intrepid, um, and he's got a couple of his 
his cars and hot rods. He's got a Dodge Power Wagon, a Jeep J10 truck. Now, if you go to Meekum, is this a star, a superstar, or megastar? Oh, yeah, and they're all no reserve. All of them are no reserve. Wow. His cars. Wow. I wonder... Um, Oh, estimate one six to one eight. There you go. That the Indy car one point six to one point eight million for the Indy car. Well, good for Ray Abraham. Hopefully he gets this. What is? Uh, but here's the question: Is uh, Chris? Is did it win Indy or was it a championship Indy series car? That's that's the question. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Indy car championships in sixty five and sixty six. Rookie of the Year at the Indianapolis 565. Mm-hmm. Um, pole position, 66, Indy 5. I feel like we're already it, down the it, notes it, enough. to. It, it, to it'd be at the very yeah, top. Yeah, it would have been like, yeah, it would have been at the very top. So. so if that car wins the Indy 500 with Mario Andretti behind the wheel, you can probably take the one six to one eight and just go ahead and make it a 2-6 to 2-8 or whatever. I, I, I mean... Be, I don't see why not. I mean, yeah. Well, what we what we always talk about on and off the air is all the points and all the finishes and at all the various tracks around, you know, the world like, "Oh, he he won at Riverside in 1966." That that's great. You you'd give it all up for an Indy 500 win. You know, or in the sports yes. car parlance He's got a win at Watkins Glen, and then he went to Laguna Seca, and he got a win, and then he took a podium at Sonoma. It's like give it all up for a Daytona overall win or Sebring overall win or especially a um, A Le Mans win. Le Mans overall win. win. Right. You give it all up. You're right. You would trade a championship car for probably definitely a Le Mans, probably a Daytona, even maybe a Sebring win. Although a championship car now starts to rank up there, so that's why this is good money. But you're right. You would take four or five Brainerds and Sonoma wins and trade it for one Daytona or certainly Lamar win. Well, you'd, you'd trade it for a Sebring. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of kind of where we're at now. Yeah. And and I we don't really know why it just sort of started to fall in place that way cars have popped up with a significant win without being a championship car what and is then they the started si- to pull the money chris what's the 66 car and then what's the superbird car cuz in 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 the world of NASCAR and the Monte Carlos and whatever from 1977, like not getting jack squat. The Superbirds are expensive. They always have been. Right. So you want to know the price of the 69 Dodge Hemi Daytona. Um, huh? Seems light at 175. Oh, you're looking at the street car. Yeah, I think that's all he. Oh, he I thought had. he had a NASCAR. I it's, thought it's, I saw a NASCAR. Yeah, that's version a replica of version of it. So, um, oh, okay. Well, let me buy you a second. And hit JB Weld. That doesn't mean stop looking up prices. <laughs> that means I'm going to talk about JB Weld, world's strongest bond brand that DIYers and pros have trusted for over 50 years. Use their epoxy, super glues, and putty sticks and wraps as well for projects big and small on practically any surface. Metal, wood, plastic, glass, ceramics, 
keep in your kitchen drawer, toolbox, or wherever. I keep it in my garage. I have it in my shop, wherever you keep the supplies. Also, the proud owner of Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, look no further than Herculiner at JB Weld. And of course, it's available at jbweld.com. Or you can go to Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And it's all proudly made in the U.S. of A. It is the best. It's the gold standard. And again, it's made in the U.S.A. It's J.B. Weld. Chris, click on the Eagle again, the 69 Eagle, because this is an interesting car, right? Because we're talking about the races and... This is a 69 uh, Eagle that uh, Dan Gurney drove to second place at the 1969 Indy 500. Mm-hmm. So, and then they talk about uh, wins at Brainerd and Sonoma. So th- this exactly is the point. Is the first bullet point here. They're going, hey, what's the coolest thing? That's second place at Indy. Then what's the next coolest thing is a win at Brainerd. Right. <laughs> Right, and Sonoma. Yeah, and this car is, what, 800 to a million? Yeah, they're starting to get their due, and I I think Gurney is going to start getting his due as well. Yeah. He's always in the conversation amongst the car guys, but, uh, and, you know, we're working on the Gurney dock, so... Ray might, Ray might hang on to this one until <laughs> maybe want after we come out with that. Go, hey, maybe yeah, maybe want to sit on this for another. Well, uh, you know, it, it it makes it makes a difference. I mean, you know, when we were hanging out with the uh, Willie T a couple of weekends ago, you know, he was telling us his phone's ringing off the hook. He's busier than ever because it's all up on uh, Netflix or was, and that got him re- well, resurgence. Listen. uh Ray's committed to 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 selling this car. We're going to tell you that this dock is coming out. So if you guys are shopping for, you know, if you have the means and you're shopping for this car, you're looking at it, then at a car at no reserve, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to take a shot at it. I think this is going to go up. Yeah, I I agree. I I think I think there's a lot of love for the indie stuff where they were ignored in the past. I think people are really seeing the kind of aesthetic beauty of them, especially the later 60s, early 70s, and some of the gurney stuff, and just kind of the paint schemes, and mm-hmm. just the way the the seats always had the diamond mm-hmm. quilting in them. And they're just, they're, they're just cool pieces, yeah. especially the ones that have the, and I don't know what these cars have, but the, you know, they have the Cosworth V8s oftentimes. I th- I think the Andretti car is a 4.6 liter V8. Right, with the overhead cams. Yeah. And, you know, they're, it, it's not the iron block, iron head, Holly four barrel kind of, you know, hooker headers kind of kind of NASCAR thing. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. has got the aluminum heads and the overhead cams and, and all that. And even the offy stuff, like the four-cylinder ones with the huge turbos are kind of cool. Like the engines yeah. are a little more next level than you'd see in nascar for sure right so i guess the andretti car does have that cool ford engine in it that's the split with the intakes off to the sides and not really in the yeah middle. let's so see that's the andretti cool, car again yes, yeah that's that, a, that's a cool engine too so now now you're starting to look at this car going oh 1.6 to 1.8 now you're starting to get a a really cool car with a really cool engine. You remember uh, it was years ago that I think it was um, 
uh, Steve Strope did the Mustang with this engine in it or mm-hmm. you know, similar era engine in it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. So it's, it's got the bundle of snakes in the middle right. of the V where the where the intake would normally be and then the fuel injection on the outside. I mean, it's a cool piece. It's a cool piece for sure. Yeah, this is a cool car. And then you more the you look at this car and you go, they race this thing at the Indy 500? Yeah. <laughs> it's just nuts. Just kind of nuts, which is why now when you see Mario Andretti doing ride-alongs in the tandem mini car in Long Beach, he's not holding back because he's like, I'm surrounded by so much car. The thing's yeah. huge. It's got huge tires. He's like, what's What's going to oh, happen? If, I, if he backs it into the wall, it's got someone between him and the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Reporter from the ma- from the local newspaper, but it's still going to count. I, you know, on on the topic of collectability, I was reading the notes and saw uh, the guys from Trans Am um, after uh, Laguna Seca with you the other week. They went to Sonoma. Um, Chris Dyson uh, won the lineup. By the way, Chris Dyson won. Then Tommy Drewsy, Greg Pickett, and Ken Twaits. I believe Dyson swept it. He led the entire mm-hmm. event. What do you think is going to be the collectability of the modern Trans Am cars? What do you think Dyson's championship car is going to be worth in 30 years? I don't think it'll be a lot different than, you know, Tommy Kendall's uh, Mustang that um – his his championship Roush car. Yeah, the Roush car. Yeah. You know, I I I I mean, I I think it'll follow kind of along that lineage. Um, I I will. So I think first things first with a car, it's kind of like what we talk about all the time. Like it has to look good. Mm-hmm. It just it just does. Uh, I mean. There's certain race cars that really look kick ass, and then others that are kind of like, eh, not so much. And I think, you know, I think, like I said, part of the problem with the older NASCAR Winston Cup stuff is, you know, they got the steel rims and the lugs and stuff, and you kind of get up on them, and you're like, eh, this doesn't, this doesn't yeah. look that great, you know. So you need you need the look, and those cars have the look. I mean, they're just good-looking race cars. Yeah. They, everything about them just kind of screams race car. And, and that that Mustang, when you see it in profile, yeah. it just it just looks like all the race car in the world. It does. And when you pull some of the body panels off, you see how complex it is underneath. You see how much is going on. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be a time when these do pop up at auction, and you're just going to look at it like you did with the, the 94 Cunningham car and go – it's a lot of car for the money. Oh yeah, you I know, mean, I don't know. Like, this is there's a lot between the transmission, that sequential transmission, and the you know sort of the uncorked NASCAR engines. Right. You know, it's it's a it's a beast. Yeah, I I I think I think you'd do well with one of those cars. The, the real question is is if it cost you know seven hundred grand to build one of those cars, or I don't know what it costs, but it it ain't cheap. Is the person willing to let it go for two twenty five at the end of the season? Right. You know, it's it's interesting because how Trans Am has evolved a bit over the years. You know, back in Willie's day, 
you know, it was all about being, you know, the young driver and getting hired on by a team owner, right? Which, mm-hmm. which we have now with NHRA and NASCAR and Indy and Formula One, but not a lot more beyond that. There's a few others, Formula E and stuff, but a lot of racing has sort of turned into kind of wealthier people owning the team and bringing on a couple of the drivers as well as themselves driving. It's been turning more of a, to a gentleman's sport and a little mm-hmm. less of the competitive, you know, the, the Jack Roush building the team and hiring drivers. So uh, in that respect, it's changed a little bit. So it, it changes, if I'm going to say this right, it changes the story of the driver, mm-hmm. right? You don't really get the Willie T. Ribs story of the young, hungry kid, right? You What you got is a different story. Yeah, like in Senna, he starts off with this team, and then he goes to that team slow, then he goes to a better team, and then he goes to another yeah, team, yeah. and you're really kind of following Senna versus the and, car. And, you know, now the story, it's just different. It's not less, it's different. Now a lot of these guys are, you know, they built a business from scratch, and over the years, they went from two employees to two hundred employees, and you know, and it's just not racing. It could be they built an airline, or they built you know a shipping company, or something, mm-hmm. and then that led to being able to fund their passion for driving. It's just a different story than you know. Does it make as interesting of a documentary? I don't know. Kind of. Well, I mean. Like the Red Roof Inn guy, you know, he Jim Truman. You know, he built he built the company, but he didn't really race, right? I don't know if he uh, even, he raced. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did quite a bit of racing. Yeah, he he sponsored quite a bit of racing, right. but he he did quite a bit of racing too. So that's that's the modern day Ken Twaits, right? Mm-hmm. Ken built some businesses. Ken built some businesses, and he's racing cars, and he's doing well, and he's. Got an, you know a couple up and comers on his team, young guys that are young drivers that want to be professional. Racers. Yeah, it's funny in that race, uh, Greg Pickett came in third and Ken came in fourth, and I don't know how old Pickett is, but he was racing with Willie back in the day, and then he raced with me five years ago too, and is like muscle milk, uh, yeah, Mustang, yeah, yeah. So Pickett's. Yeah, and apparently another great battle for third place between Ken and, and Greg. Like oh. The third place, like we kind of know what Dyson and Tommy are doing, Chris right. Dyson and Tommy Dreesey are doing, right? Um, and they keep battling it out. But it's the competition is really in the third. And then the girl, Michelle, who is in it, I, I think she had something wrong with the car, lost oil pressure. Otherwise, she was in the mix. Oh that, yeah. yeah, she was in the red uh, Corvette. Yeah, and she was she was in there with them as well. So I'm sure it was a good race. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll cut it a little bit uh, short today because uh, schedule. Um, you can uh, go to AdamCroll.com. Speaking of Indianapolis, man, Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow, May sixth and seventh, doing uh, four shows over the weekend. Do some live pod. Do some stand up there. Huntington Beach Sea Legs. We're doing a live pod there. It's a fun outdoor venue. Go there tailgate a little grab a beer that's may 20th and then uh i told sonny i'm taking him to uh denver so he's yeah. gonna do it denver's, uh, denver's nice that's uh coming up on uh well we're doing comedy at the uh, comedy works and that's coming up june 24th and 25th but the 23rd i'll be speaking at uh, a conference over there so you can 
Use, I don't know where you go. Objectivestanding.org? Objectivestandard.org. Oh, it's standard. Uh, the Objective Standard Con. It's a ToscCon. Oh, okay. Can't read it from here. Anyway, <laughs> use the code Adam, get 15% off. Matt, use the code you... Corolla, get 15% off. Oh, I screwed off. that up again. Use the code Corolla. Sorry, what do you got, Matt? I uh, just uh, give me a follow on the social media at Motorator. I'll, I'll post some of the uh, Velociraptor stuff. So, till next time, Adam Carroll for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course, who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Stream the biggest movies and TV shows for free on Pluto TV. Watch movies like Titanic and G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra, plus TV shows like CSI and Star Trek The Next Generation. Starting this month, check out the 24-7 Stargate channel exclusively on Pluto TV, plus hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows absolutely free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today.